I would like to kind of touch on what Brother David just said as far as giving to the Lord. You know, sometimes we put tithes in the category as taxes, same category, and, and we just sometimes don't. Who, who loves to give taxes to Uncle Sam? I don't think any of us look at our paycheck stub and say, wow, I've really invested in the country. I don't, I don't know of anybody that does that. Uh, we give the bare minimum that we have to, and sometimes we do the same thing. We, we dole out our tithing as we make our budget, got to give our tithes because it's 10%, and got to give our taxes because they take it out automatically, but it ought not be that way. We should be delightfully giving to the Lord because as opposed to giving to Uncle Sam, he gives us so much back, and, and there is a, a blessing in giving, so that is so much appreciated when we uh, tend to the things of God and our finances, because God is really able to bless us in that way. And I just wanted to start with the slide that you see on your screen, High Point Church of Brandon. You belong here. And it truly is uh, not just a cliche, but a very heartfelt invitation. Next Sunday, August 2nd, will be an exciting time. And the, the theme of the last couple of Sundays has been very much about praising God. Pastor spoke about praising God last, last week in his message, in giving him praise. He's worthy of praise. And then today opened the service that no matter where I am, no matter what situation, I'm going to praise the Lord. So as we come into the house of the Lord next week, let's do exactly that. Let's bring a praise like we have never brought it before, thanking God for allowing us to come back together as a family. What an exciting time that's going to be. Amen? Amen. We're going to go into the the message today, and I felt so impressed here the last couple of weeks that we are greatly burdened with the things of life, the cares of life. Even on the way here this morning as I was driving, we're reminded of the stress of all of this pandemic, all of the social unrest, the rioting that we see. Our news waves are covered from beginning to end, from sunup to sundown, with so many things that are happening in the world that it is very oppressing. There's no way around it. We carry it every day whether we realize it or not. This is a heavy load. And I want to encourage the church and completely turn the page into a walk that we can be reminded of that we don't need to carry this load. Because if we truly can evaluate and keep in perspective what is the most important in our lives, it's not coronavirus. It's not rioting in the streets. That's not what is the most important thing. We were created with a desire of our soul to walk and talk with the Lord. And there are so many opportunities to be distracted that we forget about that. And it's easily set aside. But this is not what we want to talk about today. We want to encourage all that are listening, all that are paying attention here this morning, to get our minds on Jesus, to get our hearts set towards God. I like the song that was sang today, singing about glory, singing about heaven. What a day that's going to be. And we sing about the Holy Spirit of the Lord saturating us. And as we are with him, what a great time that's going to be. But we can have a great time here on earth. And so I want to read from you to the, from the book of Isaiah, what Isaiah's heart was towards God. He said in Isaiah chapter 26, verse number three, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee 
That's a great promise. Today, we don't have a lot of peace. There's just not much peace to be had. It's so frustrating. Even it, cre it creeps into our homes, into our families, into our church life. There's not a lot of peace. But scripture is clear that he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. And I want to challenge us today to trust in the Lord like we never have. He says in verse number four, trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. And listen to what this verse says in verse number nine. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. This should be the heart of everyone who is in a relationship with God. That first and foremost, our priority is to walk with the desire to please the Lord, with the desire to walk hand in hand with him, that as the nighttime falls, that we are praising him and desiring to be with him. As the morning wakes, we ought to desire to seek him early and all the day long. See, if we cover and clothe ourselves in praise to the Lord, and praise to the Lord and our desire to be close to him, we don't have all of these other things, the noises around us to distract us because desire truly is an amazing emotion that God has equipped us with. It can drive many things. It, desire is something that we have as an emotion that causes us to wish for something, to long for something, to covet or crave something intensely. That's the emotion of desire. It's very, very powerful. Desire causes us to create things out of nothing. It motivates us to do something as opposed to the direction we were going. When we have a renewed desire, we move in a different way. It compels us. It's unrelenting. It never leaves us. It propels us. It causes us to reach forward. It becomes literally an obsession. Our desire, our emotional, natural need to want is what drives us every day. The desire was once said, a quote, desire is the one power source potent enough to bring about change. And so desire is a powerful emotion. So my question to you would be, what is your desire? What truly do we desire every day that we awake? What is it that drives us through the day? There is certainly something that drives us and propels us to move into a new day every day. What is your desire? And let's take introspection about it today, a closer look. What do you want? That's the question. What do you want? Is it world peace? Some people would say they want world peace. It's a long way from that, isn't it? Improved health, perhaps, Maybe it's a, you want a spouse, we need a spouse, or a better marriage, restored relationships, learn a new language. Maybe it's a different career path. Maybe it's a promotion at work. What is it that you desire? We all desire something. I want to bring to our minds the relevance of desire in the framework of living with God and for God. Desire is a starting point of all achievement, not a hope. Not a wish, but a keen, pulsating desire which transcends everything. 
What is driving you? Let's take inventory. Because if we truly want to have a perfect peace, Isaiah made it clear, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. If our desire truly is where it should be as a, a walk with God, it should be to draw closer to him. Our soul's desire, as Isaiah made it clear, is to really walk with the Lord. And every day that should be what captures our mind. We call it in the business world, mind share. If you want to be successful in advertising a product, you need to get a person's mind share. They need to be aware of the, the problem that you can solve through your product and then have a desire to go get that product, buy that product from you. It creates desire in them. So they'll, in some cases, go at all costs. They'll pay high, high dollars to get some specific product to put into their lives that would solve a problem. Well, I say today that there is no greater problem solver than Jesus Christ. And if our desire is truly in him, he will change our world. But our desire has to be in him. Our mind needs to be stayed upon the Lord. Why? Because we trust in him. He says, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I'm reminded with all that's happening in the world around us, we're not taking God by surprise with this coronavirus. It's, it's not surprising him at all. The social chaos and unrest that is unraveling around the world is not taking God by surprise. And if we truly believe and put our trust in God, if our mind is stayed upon him, despite all that is in the world, we will be in perfect peace. I have a picture right now in my mind of Michael doing Lyft and Uber every day, picking people up. And there are so many people that get into your car with a different mindset. But if you can fill that car with the praises of the Lord before anybody steps foot in your car in the morning, God, I am putting you in the, driver, or in the passenger seat right next to me. You're gonna go with me every mile that I drive today. And I ask your angels to encamp around about this car and fill this car with your Holy Spirit. I can guarantee you that will change or touch every person that rides with you. Because we purpose in our heart, our desire is to walk with the Lord. It's not everything first and God last as we have time, but he should be the very first and the passion of our soul. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. It's a drive. It should be a pulsating desire to walk with the Lord. But what happens to it? Why don't we awake with that? Where does it go when we get so bombarded with the things of the world? My challenge to us is today, let's release ourselves from all of those cares and let's truly put our minds on the Lord and let him be with us in an amazing way. See, there was a man back in the 1800s, his name is Sigmund Freud, who was an Australian neurologist studied psychology and the, the physio-anatomy uh, of every individual. And he wrote in his famous essay, Structural Model, Model of the Psyche, about the three basic components of a human desire. The most basic of all is the id that every individual is created with. This is the human emotion of a need to satisfy the desires of self. It's the most basic and raw instinctual desires and drives that we have from birth. Nobody teaches this. It's just something we're born with. 
And then the ego is developed a little later, which actually takes the id factor or part of our desire, and it seeks to satisfy the drives with the most maximum pleasure with the least amount of effort. That's kind of, we'd all relate to that. I want to get the biggest bang for my buck. And so that's the ego factor coming into this. And then you have kind of a conflict with these two components of our emotional desire and makeup is the superego, the id, the ego, the superego. And the superego would simply take what would be cultural rules, if you will, morals, and overlay those with our natural desire and need to obtain and filter it. That would be the superego. Every person has desire. There's no way around it. Desire from an infant or birth is a desire to be loved and be accepted. Every one of us are born with that desire to be embraced, to be cradled, to be nurtured, to have love, to have warmth. And if we don't receive it at home and we're born into a situation where it's not readily available, we do want acceptance. We want it first from our parents, but if we can't get it there, we'll find it from our peers, our friends. And we see gangs, gang violence or gang living so much as a replacement to satisfy this need in our streets. So it is a desire that will be fulfilled. It just matters or depends on where. Peer pressure, trends, styles, habits, trying to keep up with the Joneses are all a part of this need for acceptance, this need for appreciation, a desire. And it doesn't only just come by itself. Desire has some ugly cousins that join it and that make it so dangerous. You see these cousins appear by pride, vanity, materialism, entitlement, envy, and covetousness. All are similar emotions that stand beside desire when channeled in a negative or an unhealthy way. We have to be aware of what we desire. And we need to check ourselves to make sure as Christians, as saved, blood-bought children of the Lord, that our desire does not move in this direction. From a youth, we ought to train up our children in the way that they should go. So when they are old, they will not depart from it. They will recognize that I'm desiring the wrong things and I need to correct my priorities. And it's very true. How, so how do I cultivate a desire for God? We know in our mind it makes sense that we need to desire God, but we don't necessarily do it consistently. We naturally tend to want to fulfill our fleshly desires. What alarms us so much with coronavirus and the social unrest that we have across the world and in our own cities is that we're desiring a personal peace and safety from all of that. But the priority is upside down because you see if our desire is first and foremost to be in the loving hands and embrace of a loving Savior, then we don't need to worry about those threats because he will take care of us. If our confidence truly is in the Lord, we don't need to fear the things that are in this world. If our desire is properly placed and we're pursuing that, then we'll do the right things and be protected. For an example... 
We need to desire God, we understand that, but we also need to start with this concept that God first desires us. He desires you. He desires to have a relationship with man. It began in paradise. He wanted a relationship with Adam and Eve and he would walk in the cool of the day with them. And I believe that was a beautiful situation where they had a relationship they developed with the Lord, their creator. And it not only begins with the desire to be with man, we see the separation through time. Man being put out of the garden and out of the free access and presence of the Lord. Then God redeems man and we see the story end at the end of the Bible in Revelation that it ends with a paradise and relationship with the Lord in heaven. So it begins with relationship. It ends with relationship. It begins with God's desire exhibited towards man and it ends with him tabernacling with man forever. His desire is to save man, to restore righteousness and holiness. We know clearly that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Again, demonstrating the very heartbeat of God and desire to restore a relationship with man that had been broken. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the, 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 I would say the anthem of our walk and our relationship with God. For his desire is strong. But not only God has a desire that we see demonstrated throughout scripture, we also understand that Satan has a desire. His desire first and foremost is to destroy God's creation, that God said it is good. So we find ourselves as pawns in the middle of this scheme. He says in 1 Peter writing to us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So we understand that God desires us and to walk with us, and we also understand that Satan wants to destroy us. Jesus said, and the the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So Jesus made it clear there is this balance that you're found in the middle of. That I have made a way for you, Peter, but Satan wants to destroy you. Every one of us must clearly understand it is Satan's job to distract us, to replace our godly desires with fleshly desires, with a carnal drive, and we have to be aware of that. It is truly Satan's plan to bring man down to get back to God. Satan does not need to be the God of heaven. He wants to become your God. That's all he wants. And as long as we'll allow everything else around us to become between our desire for God, then he will. He feeds us on man's desire for pleasure. This is why John made it clear, the love He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever, showing the distinction 
of our priorities and desire. Are we desiring to be with the Lord forever or are we desiring the things of the world? How do we manifest our desire? It's in our actions. It's in our words. It's in the things that we do every day that shows what our desire is. So it's important that we watch ourselves. What do my words edify, myself or my Lord? How am I really reflecting my desire for the Lord, or am I? What atmosphere do I set for the Lord if I'm desiring him? I could meddle around in these topics of what am I watching, what am I listening to, where am I going? But it's very true because it represents where the desire is. If I'm listening to these things that are not of God, it's revealing where my desire is. If I'm watching, if I'm reading these things that are not of God, it's revealing my desire. So if truly I am going to set my mind on the Lord and trust in him, my desire should be in him and I should do things that would please him and bring him glory. So we talk about God's desire for us and equally Satan's desire for us, but what were we really created with? We were created with a soul and a soul's desire. My soul has a desire. First and foremost, and it's not a coincidence, pastor speaks on it last week. He mentions it when he opens today, and I close with it. Praise and worship to his name. That is our soul's desire. Isaiah, again, he says, Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. That should be the very drive that we wake with every day, is to bring glory to the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 4, as Peter preached, he said, Neither is there salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It's a continuous desire day and night. With my soul have I desired thee in the night, Isaiah says. Yea, with my spirit within me, I will seek thee. David says it like this. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his desire is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He said it's more precious than silver or gold. How many likes silver and gold? How many likes money? Yeah, we do. But our desire for the Lord should far and abundantly exceed our desire and our drive for money and things. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Where is your desire today? Is your desire to be with God? Is your hunger really to be with God? To trust in the Lord with everything that you have? The psalmist said, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Then shall I come and appear before God. This is the desire of our heart. Do we live it day by day? It should guide us. It will keep us. It will save us. And 
lastly, what is the ultimate desire? To be in the house of the Lord, to be in his physical house. We can say this church is a representation of an opportunity for us to gather in unity and worship to him. But not only this house, but the spiritual house and ultimately with him forever. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. There is no better place for us to be than in the house of the Lord. No way. When we trust God like this and our desire just radiates with our love for the Lord, we don't have to be afraid of anything. There's not a coronavirus that can overcome that desire. There's not a disease in the land that is stronger than that desire. If we can desire him. One last quote, it says, if you greatly desire something, have the guts to stake everything on obtaining it. Jump all in, go all in. Can we double down, so to speak? Can we just invest everything we have in our desire? And next week, remembering you belong here. On August the 2nd, next Sunday, is our opportunity to gather back in the house of the Lord and worship Him with our desire, with our drive, with our love, with our praise next Sunday. So you too can say, and I can say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen? All my trust is in Jesus. All my trust is in Him. Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. Oh, and all my sins are forgiven. Yes, they are. I've been one.